to me, my podcast listeners, welcome to another installment of the Dom of X show. It's been a couple of weeks since the, the previous episode. I am your host, uh, Dom Torres, back at it again uh, with my faithful and trusty co- co-host, partner, whatever you want to call him, Dylan! How are you doing today, sir? I am doing wonderful. It's been a, it's been a couple weeks. You know, I missed you, Dominic, to say the least, you know, but it's it's good to have you back. It's good to to be back on it and I've been excited to have you read these books uh since the beginning of the podcast, honestly. <laughs> like not as much as 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 Enemy of the State, but this is some solid solid Wolverine books, don't you think? Oh man, when we get to the Mark Millar one shot, which I honestly thought was better than like Enemy of the State is already my favorite like arc slash story of Wolverine, but what Mark Millar does in in this uh, issue of Wolverine, honestly, man, it just it just gave me so much emotion, feelings, the the apathy, uh, the the meaning behind it. I I'm really excited to uh, dig into what we have here as as far as all of this is concerned and yeah like among this like there's there's not really much else to talk about in the current state of affairs we are uh we are going to see uh which new artist is going to be in for the X-Men to replace Selena Francis Yu uh come the Hellfire Gala there's a someone new just joined the X office uh we got the announcement today i'm not familiar really? with really yeah who? I have no idea who who this who this person is, but their their name is um Victor Laval. He's apparently a TV producer, and he's written like two comics for Boom. I'm not familiar with the name, um, but he's apparently doing a villain ongoing after the gala is set and done. Interesting. Well, you know, I I have full faith uh, in Hickman as far as putting his team together. Uh, so I'm I'm interested to see. I mean, you know, Boom Boom is a sleeper. Boom Studios has a lot of really good. The past, you know, uh, the teens weren't exactly the best for them because they did mostly uh, licensed stuff. But if you go back and see some of their uh, creator-owned stuff, the 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 original content that they put on there boom has a lot of really good stuff recently i actually read uh caught up on the first two volumes of once in future which is freaking phenomenal if you guys aren't reading that one um is that the kieran gillen book uh, that is that is uh so freaking good like so good and it's all you guys it's it's a basic you know magic uh supernatural kind of um uh what's it called, Camelot, and, and that kind of story, uh, but then there's this badass grandma that's in it, and you you think, like, okay, a badass grandma, is that's cool, but, like, she's the reason I continue reading it, like, it's, she, she Karen writes her so well, it's just really awesome, highly suggest that one, you got, you know me, Dom, I don't, I don't throw around, suggest, throw around suggestions without good reason, and I, I highly suggest that one. I, I will keep in mind, you know what? Shout out to one of my new best friends and new best buds, Dylan told, not you Dylan, but another Dylan told me to read Once in Future. I, I, I'm going to, if it ever comes out in oversized hardcover, I will definitely pick it up. And yeah, good. Kieran Gillen's good. I like his stuff. I like Dan Morris stuff too. Uh, so, so it's definitely a, 
That's a, it's a must read, right? Like it's two creators that are lauded. Definitely, definitely. And you know, John Ebling uh, from the comic shop, I actually forced him to read it. And he says the exact same thing. Bro, it's the grandma. I never thought a grandma would be the reason why I'm reading a book. You know, but here I am. <laughs> hey, John, John gets me into a lot of, like, he gets me some comic issues, like, every single week when, when I see him. Bless that man's soul, by the way. I, I want to give him a special shout-out for, for, for all of he, what he's done and, and, uh, and, and just being a good friend. Um, so, so there is that. But anyways, Dylan... Uh, we we can we can push aside the the phenomenons the laters and and all of this other stuff. Let's let's get into the four uh, one shots that that we're going to be talking about here for the next forty five minutes to an hour. Shall we? Let's 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 get right into this. Boom! Right off. <clears throat> Sorry. Boom! Right off the bat, I'm going to introduce this one. Okay, because this one has a lot of meaning to me. Uh, so we're going to, I'm going to introduce this one. This is a Marvel one shot Wolverine under the boardwalk written by Stuart Moore art by Tom. Uh, is it Cocker? I think it is Coker Cocker Coker art by yeah. Edit that out art by Tom Coker. And, um, I don't, I'm not familiar with, with this creative team. But it's really, really well done. It's got a lot of dark shading, uh, which I love. It feels like uh, like a Mignola kind of situation, but a little bit darker, a little bit more of the era. It came out in 2010, so it was like right before Marvel now started. So it was like a really good era for Marvel Comics. Mm -hmm. I actually got this one shot in a grab bag at Flying Colors. No lie, I I was I spent like 25 bucks. It was one of the first grab bags I got, and Mar uh, Marty was sitting there. Good old buddy Marty. And I said, Marty, which one should I get? He's like, well, Wolverine Under the Boardwalk's a really good one shot. You should get that one. And I read it, and it's been one of my favorites. It's just, it's a solid Wolverine kind of dealing with his past story. And it, it's it's fun. It's it's fun. Is it hard-hitting? Is it groundbreaking? God, no. Not even close. But it is a solid Wolverine story. What do you think of it, Dom? Can I, can I just say I actually am familiar with half of this creative team? Because Tom Cocker is the artist for Jonathan Hickman's Black Monday Murders, a series which I personally love, but then again, I personally love like 80 to 90% of Hickman's stuff, so I guess there's that. So right off the bat, like when I when I saw you recommend it, I was like, I'm already semi-familiar with this creative team because I've already read uh, Hickman's stuff with Cocker art in it, and Cocker's art in Black Monday Murders is the perfect like grim uh, sort of sort of art and it and i've seen it in this book and i'm like wow i never knew he drew x-men like he i like his cyclops like it's really cool uh and overall it just fits the tone of the story well like you get this shit you get the dark shading uh this like i don't know like i was expecting because it, it's it's boardwalk right like i'm thinking of because we have a couple here in california i'm thinking of the boardwalk right now in santa cruz and, and how fun it is to right, get, right? Santa Cruz Beach Boardwalk. Dun, 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 dun. Boardwalk. That's, that's the commercial for those that don't know. <laughs> it is a great commercial. I, I kind of miss the boardwalk. Uh, I, I miss a lot of stuff. But anyways, it's it's a really cool... I just love the art in it. I, I, I was just reminded of how great uh, Hickman's Black Monday Murders was in this. And, and just like the... Just the art style used over there is sort of the same one over here and it 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 fits with the story well and it hits 
uh, the tone, which is what you're looking for in art. The storytelling is good as far as the panels are concerned. It's it's just a it's just a really well drawn book, and it's I like it that way. Heck yeah, yeah. Talk about fitting the tone perfectly. It's a gritty kind of gangster story going into his past. So whenever you go into Wolverine's past, you want it kind of messy. It's always messy. There's nothing in his past that's like, oh, happy-go-lucky, good stories. No, the dude's been through it time and time again. You know what I mean? So (laughs) what what do we do? You know, what do we do? And, and, there's, there's this part where you meet this girl that he, he meets while he's out on the boardwalk during his mission. I don't want to spoil too much, but basically something comes up from his past. He has to go to the boardwalk in, um, oh my God, don't tell me. Why can't I remember this? Jersey Shore, Jersey Shore, right? Am I correct? Jersey Shore? Yes, you are 100% right. Uh, Jersey Shore indeed. Yeah. And he meets this girl and she comes out and like they're in the middle of a cafe and the way he draws her dress the way she, he draws the dress really pops. It, it kind of adds to the kind of darkness. It, it, it's it's just really awesome, well-drawn stuff. And it, I, I was not aware of this guy having more work like this. So I'm definitely going to check out Black Monday Murders. Because this guy Hickman and this guy sold. Freaking sold. Oh, I, I'm, I, I better see you get the uh, trade paperback. I think it's in two ch- it's still ongoing. I don't know when Hickman's going to go back to it. I think they're on like issue 12. Because the run's been on hiatus since House of X, Powers of Ten, which is completely understandable. Because uh, Hickman's a very busy person nowadays. But yeah, I'm I'm looking at just like the the way that everything's drawn, the blood, the the drags, the just the undertone of this boardwalk that doesn't feel like a boardwalk at all. It's like wow, like you, it's under the boardwalk. And I really like the way that the story title is me- meshed in and delved in with uh, just how de- deceiving this whole entire story looks from the onset. Like you look at it, right? Like there's a roller coaster at first. Like you see it, it's like, oh, this seems like a stereo, like is Wolverine gonna, I don't know, go on a roller coaster or two? But no, you, you get something different and I like the twist. It's really fun. Uh, I, I, I really don't know what else to say about that besides that. Yeah, solid through and through. Great Wolverine story. Sadness, violence, every, and, and at the end, the bad guy gets what's coming to them, which is what you want. And 10 out of 10, guys. 10 out of 10. And once again, thank you to Marty for showing me another awesome book that I like. It's, uh... I can't believe that Marty was the one who roped you into this because like he's done the same thing for me and I and I asked him like which poll to grab off and it steered me in a lot of like non DC books because at the, again at the time I was all DC I I didn't really care for Marvel or any of the indie companies like Boom or uh, IDW or or whatever else they might be and so like now looking back at it like I I. I'm really glad I got to read it. Like you got, you got the blood shots. Like you got, literally all of the gun action and and the and the spot. Like it has everything you want in a in a classic sort of Wolverine story and tale. And oh wow, like this has gone bad. So uh, okay, again, kudos, kudos to the entire uh, the entire team here for for doing for doing this story. But let's let's talk about. <laughs> You want to talk about a team. You want to talk about a team. How about a team of Walter Simonson and Michael Mignola? 
All right. Can we talk about that right now? We can absolutely talk about that right now. And this is one thing I did not, I did not expect this. For, for, I was like, what? Mignola drew a Wolverine story. You know what? This is a side note. This is a side note. And we'll, we'll go back to the Wolverine. But over the weekend, I was reading Alpha Flight by John Byrne because, again, X-Men servers... And and whatnot, you you get you get side pulled, and you're like, you know what? What is Canada like? I've literally learned so much about Canada in the past, I guess, three weeks since you've told me to read these books. It's it's insane. It's like, I, I guess I'm just getting acquainted to maple syrup culture. Is that is that is that not a good? Th- I, anyways, I'm getting acquainted to <laughs> waffle and bacon and maple leaves and all this right and. Lo and behold, I did not know this, but once John Byrne leaves the book and gives it to Bill Mantlo, Mike Mignola drew three issues of Alpha Flight. And I was like, wait, what? Mignola himself drew three issues of Alpha Flight. And this was back in like 1986. Like this was like your mid, mid 80s comics. And I I love this stuff there. And now I'm over here reading this and it's, wow, he's... Like the the guy who you know drew Hellboy and created this this beautiful sort of Mignola verse over at Dark Horse. It's it's insanely beautiful. I I love the art. I I don't even know what to say besides like all the subtlety, uh, the figures, and just it gives me so many Hellboy vibes. Like I remember grabbing Hellboy off the shelf off of Flying Colors, getting the uh omnibus or trade paperback it's technically not an omnibus like loving this stuff there and yeah i I love mike mignola i don't know what else i'm supposed to say besides uh what mike has done in in this book it's fleshed out wolverine's awesome uh you got the whole the whole like it's awesome i I don't know what else to say this is what i like about mignola and i think people don't talk enough about it it's his backgrounds you know, even his simple backgrounds that just have a little bit of shading or even the, the negative space backgrounds where it's just like a person standing there, maybe a crowd behind them and maybe like something sitting there and it's just that. Like it's it's very well done. It's focused. It's 100% comic booking at its finest. And even and it's not just like he can even do a more uh, complicated background that's even that has like all the defined details that you want in different machines or 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 um um in a forest or in hell with fire, you know, whatever. He he's just so good. He's such a well-rounded, unique artist that he's always going to be one of my top favorites, hands down. And you know what the best part about it is? I think like in many ways being a top shelf artist means that you have a style that's distinct to you only and not to anyone else. I just looked at this book and I was like, "Oh wow, Mignola art." And, you know, I think that's that's honestly, like, one of the, the, the biggest strength of it is, like, you know it's Mike Mignola, you know where he hits, you know where, where the style is, and just, like, you feel the comic book actually, like, going at you, like, you feel the action, you, you feel the, the rituals and everything that's going on in the story from top to bottom, like, the dinosaurs, bro, the Mignola drawing dinosaurs, I didn't know that I'd ever get that experience in my life but i did and i'm so grateful that i was able to experience it it's crazy insane to me how um 
like him drawing like these spinosaurus and you got like you know the stuff here in the 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 wilderness and and the tale of all of it i i i didn't know that mike mignola drew dinosaurs until now and i'm so happy that like i i was able to read a story with mignola dinos in it like that's that's insane yeah and yeah it's I, I like the whole story, how he, he's out there, he, he's trying to find his lighter. Like, it's so Wolverine to go go into the Savage Land just to find a lost lighter. Like, <laughs> how how Logan is that, you know? And then he ends up, uh, you know, become fighting this. He's like, gets into a fight with a chieftain and becomes a chief of this tribe. And they, they have to deal with all the, the problems that are going around. And they think he's like a god, but he's like, I'm not a god. Well, I think he, correction, they call him a god child because of how small he is. <laughs> so they're like, you're obviously a child of he a god. He's a pipsqueak. He's a 5'3 boy. Yeah. He, is he, five, I thought we said he was 5'5. Five five. Is he officially 5'3? I think, yeah, he's supposed to be 5'3. From what I'm, from what I understand, he's 5'3. He is a, yeah, I, he's almost a foot smaller than Cyclops, which is why Cyclops is, again, better because he's bigger. He's, he's 6'2. He's strong, and you got you got Logan over here who's fighting over in the wilderness and doing his own stuff because he's Wolverine, or I guess Logan because he's not Wolverine and he doesn't. He, you, you you get my point. I I you got you got the flames here. You've got all of everything just being thrown at Wolverine. Can I also just say there were two? Tw- I think there were like two twists in this book. Uh, two twists in the certain issue. And I thought both of them were played off extremely well. And it has to deal with one certain character that popped up inside of the story that I was like, how come he's here? Though I guess I wouldn't be surprised because Walt Simonson did, you know, have a hand in creating, or not creating, but just like, I just didn't expect that certain character to be in there. No spoilers, but like, Wow, I, I didn't know I'd be getting that. No, you know, I'm sorry. We, we, we need to spoil it because this is what I was trying to talk to you about like a while. It's, it's Apocalypse, guys. Apocalypse shows up, all right? And this is before they really understood what they wanted to even do with him. I think he may have had one appearance in X Factor before this. And so they didn't know what his powers were. All they knew is he was just kind of like this old robot guy. Like, that's all they went with. And that's all they kind of went within the story. And so... To see how far he's come, like, I always say this, like, you are spoiled with your apocalypse, bro, because he's fleshed out, he's, he, he's developed into uh, to what he is, like, he was nothing in the beginning, he was such a mess, but, th- and this is proof of that, but, wow, freaking awesome, and Mignola drawing apocalypse, can we just talk about how dope that looks? I didn't even know that Mignola drew apocalypse up until then, and I'm so, again, I'm so glad to see it, I'm so glad to see that Mignola drew dinosaurs, because it just brings out... The the seven eight year old me that used to love dinosaurs and and all of that and now I'm reading over here and I'm like he drew apocalypse like this man drew like he's 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 like he's he's happy like literally the first panel we we see apocalypse and he's shouting he's like welcome to my humble abode Wolverine and I'm over here sitting and 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 this was man before before the dark time it's it's insane you got. I guess what do we call him now? We call him a the weird A character with but but, but yeah I Mignola Apocalypse 
There's nothing else that needs to be said because like I I'm over here I'm I'm laughing my butt off because I just did not expect it, and then when I read it I'm I was like, huh I I guess I guess anything can happen I I what I I was surprised good good job Simonson and Mignola for, for for getting at me like I I I was just blown away, I came out and I was like. I just didn't expect it. That was the last thing I expected in this comic book. I literally thought it was just going to be him and an actual jungle adventure uh, in the wilderness with the uh, Native American tribe. And now all of a sudden he's locked up with, with Apocalypse. In, you know, he's, it reminds me of that one X-Men animated series episode where Apocalypse takes all of the telepaths, puts them in chambers. Yes. This this sort of brings the same vibes where he puts Wolverine in a chamber and he's a it's it's the same vibes like I I loved it I loved it all uh, kudos Walt and and uh, Mike for 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 drawing and and writing this seriously so good and I wonder how much Mike actually had involved in the writing process I mean it is Walt Simonson so I mean he could he could do the whole thing himself you know so <laughs> but I'm sure Mike had something to do with it. This is, this is one thing that, that always interests me because Walt is a... I think he's an artist first, right? Like, a lot of people remember him for, for drawing a lot of old stuff back in the day with Soups and, and of course, with X-Factor and the X-Men. Uh, but I'd, I'd actually want to, like, be interested in how artists do their scripts compared to writers because I'm get like right like a lot of writers you know they're not artists right they they just do regular scripts with prose and all of that so did Walt in his scripts tell Mike yay like have some more creative control you know how like I want you to have as much fun as I am drawing this book I how much like how much input uh did did Walt give to to Mike and vice versa and how much freedom uh, did Mike get in in drawing this whole entire story? Because again, I just what again what I whatever I caught, I loved. Uh, it was beautiful. It was great. It was hilarious. I had a lot. I don't know. Like I'm reading this apocalypse, and it's a lot less serious, but I still enjoyed it. Like I still really enjoyed the apocalypse in the story. No, totally, totally. And you know what else I enjoy? Is all the different content creators from the Grand Geek Gathering. I wonder what they're up to this week, Dom. That's a great question, Dylan. You know what? I'm going to answer that question with a commercial break. We'll be right back after these uh, sponsored messages for the next 15, 20, 30 minutes or minutes? No. 15, 20, 30 seconds or so. Not 30 minutes. minutes of commercials, guys. Strap in. 30 minutes of commercials. We'll be right back after these messages. Welcome back, everybody, to the Dom of X, uh, where I am your, again your your faithful host, uh, Dom Torres. You you know me as yeah, Dom Torres, the host of the show, and again Dylan on the other side, uh, here getting hosted by the Grinky Gathering again. Uh, and we just talked about two epic Wolverine stories that you guys all need to check out. Go on Comicsology, go wherever to buy these stories, you know, and 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 read them. Have as much fun as we did. I want to turn it back a little because you gave us, you gave us, you gave me four issues. You gave me four issues from what I understood, and the next one is not a Wolverine story because thank God I could not have lived by myself reading four straight Wolverine <laughs> stories. 
Um, <laughs> can we know. just can we take a moment? Hold on, I want to take a moment and talk about me hectionary last week because that was the funniest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. So we did uh, on my on my uh, on my uh, live it stream. We did a, a show called Me Hectionary, where it's like one part Pictionary, one part trivia, and we did a superhero trivia. And Dom was on there, and the last qu- what? By the way, Dominic murdered, murdered it. He his points were like like fifteen points ahead of the other person. Ariel's really good, but Dom was just faster and like more on point with it. But the last question, which wasn't the real last question, but I was like, which? <laughs> he was ready. He was like, I could see his hand was on the buzzer. He was ready to go. I was like, which X Men is better than Cyclops? And. <laughs> And then Ariel, he he just throws his hands up like what? And Ariel buzzes in and goes, literally any other, any of the other ones, literally any of the other ones. And his face, he was just so dead. He was so dead. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I got to roast you right now. But I was dying laughing. So I have it recorded too. I'm gonna. I'll send you the clip of of this of the audacity you felt, the disrespect. It was just so. It was worth it. It was so great. I, ho- I hope you had a fun though. Uh, on on the game show. Otherwise, oh no, no no it was it was fun. Except that one just this just crushed me. Was that like an, an actual question you like served up, or was that like just like you trying to sneak in your anti clops agenda, and 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 that that was the uh the product of it. I guess you would say was that was that it? Was that just to like knock me down and. Uh, what was the ulterior motive for that? I, I actually wanted because it was just I think, a joke. It was just a joke, dude. Don't take it seriously. It was just a joke. It was. Just oh no, no, no! I'm not taking it joke. seriously. I'm just asking you, like, because you know that I'm not gonna answer that question. You, you knew, like, from the outset, I was <laughs> never going to ring the buzzer. No. And answer you that weren't. question. Of course, but I, it was. I, but I was also. I thought you might have been able to, though. You might have had a good comeback. You know what I'm saying? You could have just said, no, no one's better than Cyclops. You could have said that. But it was way funnier to see her buzz in and just go, literally any other one. <laughs> yeah, you know what? You, you learn a lot of people who don't like Cyclops. And again, it's granted, I, he's a very flawed character. And who, Which comic book character is it? But anyways, that, that was a fun, very, very fun trivia game. I'd like to do it again sometime. That was, that was hella fun. We should do more. Uh, but anyways... Um, yeah, we, we, let's talk about Cyclops in a in a in a better and 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 more lightful aspect instead of one where we're we're transfixed on um, his failures as a mutant and as a character uh, because uh, yeah the, the, those are very few far are very much in in between so I'll, I'll even admit that well, right off the right off the bat let's talk about what the marvel's snapshots is in the first place because it's a series it's a one series of one shots that's an anthology which basically is about characters or people that aren't superheroes living in the superhero world it's it's a it's a it's an anthology curated by kurt busiek kurt busiek um one of the best creators in in all of comics let me just say that uh, yeah, specifically, specifically superhero stories. Sorry, but uh, his superhero stuff is unmatched. That's why Astro City is one of my favorite books. Um, so this one, which by the way, I've, I've read most of the Marvel one shots or snapshots. The one you have to read though is the Captain America one by Mark Russell. 
Oh my God. Okay. I was, that is a book that literally everyone at the comic book store loved. Like everyone, even Joe, like everyone was like, wow, it deserves an award. And it totally does. And I remember Andrew, when he said, he read it, he's like, that deserves a Nobel Peace Prize. I'm calling it right now. He deserves one for that. And I was like, I don't know about that, but at the very least, an Oscar, you know, <laughs> or an Eisner, not an Oscar, an Eisner. Give him an Eisner. I'm Mark Russell. Deserves no, 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 no. Give, give him, him an Oscar, Oscar too. No, 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 no. Give him an, give him both. Give him both. I say give him both. Um, yeah, that was, I remember just picking up the cover because I, I, First of all, Alex Ross just simply does not miss. Uh, you are, I'm grateful whenever he does covers. I'm really glad that he's doing it for Iron Man, Hulk, and Captain America. Blessed. Uh, that's awesome. But I saw the the cover with it was just how is just pure, pure beautiful cover, beautiful story inside. Um, I, I don't think I have really anything else to say besides that. Like that, I had no, I had no critiques. At all for that issue, like that, that needed five Eisners, you know, for best cover, best story, <laughs> you know. Um, but anyways, sidetrack. We're gonna be talking about the the Marvel snapshots X Men one. There were eight of like Dylan said, there were eight of these one shots that that came out uh, an anthology series again cur- curated by Busiek. Uh, and this one, uh, it, it focuses Kurt on... Curated. Cur- Wait, hold on. There's a, there's a pun there. Curated or curated? No, curated. Um, no, no, that was bad. That was bad. Even for me. I, I take it back. <laughs> My man. Just had to. But anyways. Um, I, we got, we got a Cyclops one here. And again, they're, they're all focused on, on superheroes, uh, some of them good, some of them bad. But this one, the Cyclops one, uh, the Marvel Snapshots X-Men one-shot issue written by Jay Edidin, uh, Tom Riley on the art, and Chris O'Halloran uh, as the comic book artist. And can I just say, man, I really love the, the voice that, that Scott's given. I always love, I always, this is what I love about Scott, and it's it's very... Very so much more so true in this issue. I always love superhero stories. I always love the upbringing and upcoming of one just willing to do what is right, no matter what the uh, situation is. Uh, that's just, and this is what I love about Scott. And I know I'm a, I, I know I, I I gravitate to Boy Scouts like this, but this is why I love him so much as a character. Because at the end of the day, you can knock him down for his infidelity. Uh, you can knock him down for his sometimes often questionable decision making. Um, you can knock him down for his lame powers. That's fine. Uh, they, they, those would be valid arguments. I, I wouldn't be remiss. His powers aren't lame. Hold up. That's the one thing I won't say about him. He can shoot a concussive blast that could take out a freaking mountain. So no, his powers are not the issue. I don't, uh, no, no, I can't stand yeah, when people what? try to say that. You know what? I'll, I'll say this. I'll say this. I think in the like in the greater retroscope, like you like look at the uh, like if you look at Gene and Emma and Betsy, like they're they're telepaths. Like all of these other like Kurt can teleport. A lot of these other X Men, they they just have cool. I think it's just like in the in comparison, the in comparison between Scott and the rest of the X Men. Like you look at his powers and it's pretty. It's it's like oh, that's all you can do. I, and I love him for it. But like if someone doesn't like, I I get that point. Um. But my main point is that 
I just love superhero upbringing stories and Scott just willing himself to do the right thing in their in the situ- in every situation. It just makes me more so compelled to him and gravitated to him as a character and this issue just demonstrates beautifully the just Sykes willingness to stand up to bullies and do the right thing. It's so beautiful. I love it. I I love it. I love every single part of it and the the tone of that. It just it just made me happy. And it was written so well too because the snapshots aren't aren't supposed to be about actual superheroes or anything like that. And I guess technically you could sit here and say other than astonishing was the X-Men really superheroes? I don't know. However, however, the the idea of like going through it and like him having similarities with with Cyclops but not being Cyclops and then him actually the twist him being Cyclops was just so well written well put out the the pacing was perfect um I haven't read much from this writer what has he done any other things the I am not I'm honestly not sure man like these guys some of these people uh like like so I'm like Jay Editin he's a he's an editor I did not know this. Um, he was he was a pot like like us. He was a podcast co-host um, on a on an X Men podcast or used to be one, anyways. And he used oh, to oh, that's ed- right. And he used to edit for um, you said or they used. I'm sorry, they used to edit uh, for for Dark Horse Comics. That, that's that's on me for the uh, mispronounce. I don't know what you call it, but yeah. Um, mispronouning, I believe, is, is the correct term. Mispronouning. That's, that's on me. I, I, I sincerely apologize. But they they did really well with Cyclops. I'm I'm so happy this was really well done. Like, the twists and all of it, uh, the voice given to, uh, couldn't have done much better. Yeah. No, per- perfection. Uh, w- once again, the art like hit the right tone. Um, I appreciate it from a production standpoint the minimalisticness of like the coloring and and keeping it very simple. Um, because I, sometimes you know art can distract from a story, and sometimes the story can distract from the art. This was a perfect mesh that hit both uh, really well, and and. <laughs> Just, I think this was probably the best character development of Cyclops that I've read. You know, because like you said, he he's always been the the anti bully guy. You know, he was all he grew up being bullied and all that kind of stuff. But this kind of really shows like the the a little bit more into it and seeing like him without even having powers and still being bullied and all that kind of stuff. You know, it was very well done very well done as far as a a cyclops story uh could go and i i think it was 100 percent solid that that's all i'm gonna say i'm i'm happy that uh that we, we were able to put this one in and it was like a, it was a last minute edition too we couldn't think of it and then there it was just sitting on my shelf i hadn't read it and i was like all right let's let's do this one it's it's the last x-men one and it's cyclops so freaking dominic will be happy <laughs> I was really happy. I loved all the cameos in it too. Like we had the Fantastic Four drop in. Everyone's calling them freaks, and uh, you sort of have the uh, X Men undertone there with with all of that. Uh, you have Tony Stark who came in, and Scott was just like, "I don't know about this guy. He's really weird." 
and and I, I would completely understand it if I was Scott Summers uh, at that point. Um, the way that they did the, they were able to write the headache. Um, good stuff, good stuff. Like I, because honestly, in all of these, I'm I'm expecting that optic blast to come out whenever it comes out because it's just part of every single Cyclops story. Like, one day, like, this young kid is walking, and he's just like, hey, you know, don't do this, and don't do that, and then all of a sudden, he gets a headache, and then, boom, 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 something comes out of his eyes, and everyone's like, what the heck are you? Um, ending up in infirmary, I thought it was just well done, uh, this was all beautifully well drawn out, uh, Tom Riley on the art, the, the blue, let me just say this, the blue in this, this, this issue, the, the use yes. of it, rather, was just great, like... It fits the tone. It's I like Cyclops and Blue. I just think I've just grown accustomed to it, but I just love it when when Blue is used as a contrast for the red for for Scott's stories and yes. uh, good good it, choice it really by Chris. It makes it pop. And specifically specifically when he has his glasses when he's shooting the blast, you're right. Like the contrast between the two is is perfection perfection like you've got you got scott over here and he's just being in this he's in this pale blue while you have the fantastic four and they're all in their actual colors you have some other part like you have the i think it was a hulk newspaper where everyone was asking is this is this hulk person a good guy or a bad guy and obviously he he might who knows um and <laughs> the shades too i i i respect the shades I want red shades someday. Someday I, I will get some red shades. But um, overall, again, just a solid story. Solid Cyclops story. Um, again, I, I, I just could not have been any better. Uh, it could not have been any better. Um, and I was... Um, he, he, him learning to make sense of things and just being the superhero that he is, just, again, it reminded me of how much... Uh, of why I love this character. Of why I love Scott Summers. And why I will read a lot of many a story with him in it. Definitely, definitely wasn't one of your cringe uh, Cyclops stories at all. It was, it was, it was good. It was very good. And it's nice to see him not really super involved with too much stuff. And even at the part at the end when he's like officially, he's no longer Scott. He's officially Cyclops, and he and he's ordering people around and, and telling them this is what we gotta do. This is the job, and da 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 da. Like it was just, it was perfection. You know that that's what makes he. I feel like he, Cyclops, Leonardo from Ninja Turtles and Captain America always fall under the same kind of thing where they're the leaders. Like, that's their role. That's their character. And I think that becomes so much of their character that they, they lose sight of, of the writers do of what, what they can really do with them. You know what I mean? And they really need to develop it more. Why is he the leader? Why is he, you know, so gung-ho about stopping these hate groups and the Sentinels and all this kind of stuff? It's because they're all bullies and he does he wants to stop that. Like, this whole thing kind of fleshed out his character even more for me. And I, I think this is the kind of writing Cyclops needs. And I love the, uh, and I think one of the last points I'll make is that I love that in this in this snapshot, the way that he gets all of his, like, because we both know that Cyclops is a planner. He, he, his number one goal is to make sure that like one of my favorite Cyclops quotes, uh, just reminds me of it. It's, is how like he has, so he has so many plans that he has a backup plan for a backup plan. I, I love that. Like in this set snapshot, he, 
he studies uh, Sun Tzu's Art of War, and all of these different books that show him how military leaders have done their part in history, and that's where he gets his strategy from. That's how he gets his his A's, his X's and O's on the clipboard from. Uh, it's it's just a well nice drawn thought out like like uh, like in these panels and whatever else it is in this book. I just like that. That's where he gets it from, and I wouldn't be remiss if like wow, this is this is actually what he did when before he got into Xavier's uh, institution. I I liked it. Yes, yes, it was great. It was great, and. Um, anytime where he, he's showing like his more vulnerable side is also another thing I like from Scott, you know, too often than not, he's always trying to be the strong guy or he, he's, he's always trying to be the, the one that I know what's right kind of feel, you know, this is, this kind of showed him that he's learning what's right. He's learning how to be a better person, how to be a hero, how to stand up for what's right. You know, another, another good attribute of this writing from this, for this from this team it's just um really good i i see why they gave him gave him the one shot it was, it was very well done i agree and you know what else we we both tend to agree on we both tend to agree that the grand geek gathering is awesome we're going to be talking about how the grand geek gathering is even more awesome in these messages we'll we'll get back to wolverine uh right after these messages um uh, gentlemen Broncos, and the other one was the born. Here, I'll just type it. The bornless ones. Bornless ones. Welcome back, everybody, to the to back to the Dom of X, where we are going to be talking about the one last one shot that resonated and just struck me home, just because of the beauty of it. Uh, it's, it's so good. It is. The one thing that we have been putting off because it is included in the Enemy of State Trade uh, by Mark Millar, the complete collection, but we did not cover it because it's a separate one-shot, completely uh, distinct and, and away from the Shield and the Nick Fury and, and all of that. This is this is a separate, separate, separate deal. Uh, and of course, uh, the team is none other than the great Mark Millar, writer of Civil War, Fantastic Four, a whole bunch of other things. Red Sun Superman, Enemy of the State, Enemy of the State. Uh, Car Andrews, one of um, one of my favorite Canadian artists. I like his stuff. Love his covers. Um, really surprised that he was doing the interiors in on this one shot. And Jose Villarubia uh, for the for the colors uh, and all that. What can I just say? Uh, Mark Millar talked about this in a foreword that is included in the Enemy of the State trade and is also in the back of, or the end of the Wolverine uh, 30, number 32 issue. It is a foreword about his time learning from uh, Will Eisner in a dinner that he had between with him, Frank Quietly, and John Cassidy in Scotland. Um, and those, as those guys were talking, Will gave him the idea to do a story with Wolverine in it without giving Wolverine dialogue. And he talked about, um, just as the inspiration, 
of um, all of the bubs, as, as he said, all of the bubs and so on being surgically removed completely changed the entire tone of the story. And his final suggestion was the uh, cherry on the cake and talking about how he adjusted his story uh, because of that one dinner. And it makes it a lot more powerful because you get there is one driving notion of this book or this one shot. And I think this is this is the best uh, Wolverine anything I've read so far. And I've and I loved Enemy of the State, but this is hands down, I think, my favorite Wolverine uh, story. It's just a story about. It's less more more or less about superheroism and more about the darkness of someone's soul turned on in, in itself by some adversary. Like Wolverine being the thing that represents everything opposite about the Nazi. It's the most morally straight and beautifully compact Wolverine I've ever... It's... it's I don't know. It's insane. It's... Yeah, so quick basic overview for you guys. Uh, it's World War II. It's a it's a Nazi camp, a concentration camp, and Wolverine's there uh, as a prisoner of war, and he's literally doesn't say a word. I don't, I don't even think he pops his claws no. if I remember no. correctly. No, There's, he does not. No, oh, because yeah, he was. This is World War II, so he still was bone claws. So he wouldn't pulling out exactly. his claws was not a regular mm-hmm. thing for him. So no claws, no Wolverine, just Wolverine, just. Fucking with Nazis. The, this Nazi guy tries everything he can to like take him down, and Wolverine just keeps coming back. He's like he they bury him. He comes out, and he's just working the next day. And it's just Logan just like being chill, just being chill. That's all he does, and he fucks with this guy, brings him to madness. He literally makes this 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 officer, this Nazi officer, just go crazy. Because he can't figure out, he's 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 just he thinks he's like some sort of demonic ghost. He doesn't know what to do, and he's this is a guy that's like, all oh, right, this is this is good. My career's starting, you know. This is doing this kind of job is really gonna help get me farther in the Reich and yada yada yada. And then here comes Logan to mess him up, and it, it was it's just it was beautiful. It was beautiful the the psychological torture that Wolverine puts him through by just literally living just. Being just drove him insane. It's it's beautiful. It's the again. It's the most morally straight Wolverine I have read, and it's crazy too because literally for the past I want to say you know the twenty or so years that he's been a character, um, well, Logan isn't exactly the straightest morally like like you have Scott who is the epitome of a Boy Scout. Wolverine, on the other hand, he maims people, uh, fights people, he 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 kills people, uh, he stabs people. Right? This isn't a person uh, that you want to you want to be in a fight with. Like he's not. And even though he does want to do good, it's not as again, it's just not straight morally as some other characters are, like Kitty Pryde, or some other guys like that. Um, but one thing that is just resonating through in the story, throughout and throughout, is the fact that this Nazi, this piece of crap, who wants to kill Wolverine, can't because he, un- he like the ghostly nature and just the haunting of this spirit he, that he knows he can't bring down, it's powerful, it's evocative, it's, it's emotionally driven to the point where... Um, you're just asking yourself, like, is this Logan? Like, this is... 
Is this Logan like is this is this the Wolverine the is the, is this like what the heck like I I was just like blown away by what Millar was able to do symbolically with the character and not only that but make him that way and so that he doesn't speak anything but he speaks so many volumes just because of what he's able uh, to do as a presence as a as a symbol that, yeah that. It was beautiful. It was beautiful. You know, you, you know that there's that old saying. I, I'm I'm completely paraphrasing, but like the less said, the vo- the less you speak, the more like the more it it holds. You know, kind of thing. And that's that's what it was. It was not one word, not one claw, not nothing. And it it was, <laughs> it's definitely up there as one of my favorite Wolverine stories. Uh, is it better than Wolverine, Enemy of the State? No. Uh, as is it my favorite Wolverine one shot? Yes. 100%. I 100% agree with you there. But, I mean, Wolverine is, of the state is just a, a whole another another level of things. It's... I don't even know what I'm supposed to say anymore. Because, honestly, like, there's just... Again, the connotation of this, this guy being literally driven into insanity of of just... I can't be... Like, I can't kill this guy... He's he's haunting me. I'm trying to shoot him, blast him, beat him to death. And he this guy just can't realize that you you won't beat good. You won't beat the morally best out of out of anyone. And and so this unbeatable foe, this Wolverine that you know you can't bring down, you can't you can't just uh punch your way through it. It represents, I think, why, like, I get now why people love Logan. I get why this character is celebrated all throughout the route. I get why Marvel keeps putting him on the front of it. It's not, you You might think it, of it as a money grab, like, whatever. But I realize now that Wolverine is this just symbol of this person who wants to do right. And... Just overall, like, the unwaveringness of, of just, like, you can't beat good. Like, you can't beat something inherently good. You can't beat this symbol. You can't beat something that is trying to, like, you, you can't beat this presence. And the Nazi officer just not realizing that, um, it's, again, it's it's just an intrinsically beautiful story. And I was just wowed by, like, the message that Millar is getting through with it. And that last, that last page uh, where he dedicates it to Will Eisner with the shadow of Wolverine over the concentration camp. Um, just beautiful. Car, Car Andrews just also just knocks it out of the park uh, with this issue. Uh, the 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 dark and the light and the contrast between some of those and and all of it is um I, I don't even know what to say I I'm just I'm phenomenal just phenomenal bro phenomenal and one tastic it's one tastic if one, I may add it's one this whole podcast is a bunch of one tasticness because they're all one shots but I'm gonna tell you this right now guys go out. And buy the Enemy of the State trade paperback. Go to your local comic book store. Pick that bad boy up. You will not be disappointed. You will, with every page, you're going to be mind blown. And then you'll read the, that one shot right at the end. And everything will just come to a head. And you will be like me and realize that Mark Miller is one of the greatest superhero writers of all time. 
It's it's insane. It, you you go look at it, and after this, there is nothing better. Um, I I love Logan, man. I don't know what else this, I'm supposed to say. I've I I'm bought in. Um, I get again. I get why people love him. And Mark Millar has just shown that he. Ha- I think he just has the best voice. He he writes the best Wolverine. Uh, he writes he writes him as. Um, not even as this like unbeatable person, but just this this presence that he's good. You can't like if you are someone as impure and as um, just terrible as that. Not like you like that haunting spirit of you just can't beat it. Like this this was a one shot that I just it just opened my eyes, um, and it I I really don't have anything else to say besides that I, I'm. I'm just it really sh- it show it shows it shows the depths it shows the complexity of the character who is Wolverine Logan Th- this character itself is just so complex it's not an easy thing is he a murderer yes has he killed in cold blood yes has he been controlled to kill in cold blood yes has he killed for good yes has he gone out of his way not to kill yes there's just so much to him he's a freaking parfait of layers this guy all right and every time you learn more about him every time you you get a a good writer on him you're gonna see that there's just more and more we can dissect from him you know and i want to say this to all the people all the x-men fans out there who hate logan or hate that he's in every book or hate that he has his own solo book he's good i i i have like long been past like yeah i get why people don't want logan as much as some others do nowadays but there's a reason to why he gets the spotlight. This this issue shows why he gets the spotlight. Uh, I, it's, whew, man. I if I had to, if I had the chance to like go read this again for the first time just to experience it, I would in a heartbeat. Um, and again, just the just everything behind it, every like all the love, the craft, the care that that Andrews and that Millar. Um, have both been able to place in this with with the great red and and jury colors from from jose that just fit the book um the spirit of this story um it'll always resonate in my heart so every time i go back and i think about bashing logan or complain that we have a wolverine ongoing and i i will always go back and say there's a reason for that and it's in wolverine number 32 by mark millar and car andrews and that's what i'm gonna do Yes, yes. Through and through, guys, pick up all four of these books. They're they're quick reads. They're they're amazing, and and you won't be disappointed. This this was a solid group uh, of of books that that we put together for you guys to read this week, and you will not be disappointed. Every every page of each of these stories is phenomenal. Hands freaking down. Do not miss out on on it at all. And I'm trying to think of a way to stop talking, but I haven't. So I'm just going to slowly. Back away from the mic. And speaking of don't back away, uh, please don't back away from the Grand Geek Gathering. There are amazing coasts. Uh, shout out to Tyler for producing this podcast. Shout out to everyone uh, who has been able to help me and Dylan um, on this journey. Uh, we are at 32 now. Um, shout out to my all of my amazing friends and all of you guys who support this podcast. Go ahead. Check out the Grand Geek Gathering if you haven't yet. That's at thegrandgeekgathering.com for the website. All the amazing other podcasts there. Uh, and 
all of the literally everything that they host um, on the platform. Go follow them on YouTube. Go follow them on Instagram. Go follow them on Twitter. Go follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Donald Studio. Uh, where you guys will be able to get the updates and news on what we're going to be doing with this podcast. And there's a lot, again, there's a lot more X-Men books that we have to get through because there, it's just, when you are Marvel's best-selling franchise, there is always something to discuss. Um, Dylan, I'm always, again, uh, very happy uh, to discuss these these issues with you. Definitely, definitely. The, all, always a pleasure, and I, I can't wait to see what we... we what? Blah, 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 blah. Let's cut that. Yes, no. Always a pleasure, Dom. I love this journey of us. 32, can't wait for a 1,000. I'm calling it right now, a 1,000 podcasts, guys. So that would be 52 a year. So that would be 100 every two years. So 10 years. We got 10 years of this podcast. All right, we could do it. No, 20 years. 20 years of X-Men podcast. We can do it. 20 bro. years. We better pray that Jonathan Hickman stays on this franchise for 20 years, which will honestly be the best thing for me, but I know it's not going to happen, even though Chris Claremont almost got to that number. But anyways, uh, we are going to get there. We're hopefully going to be getting there. Uh, lot was, lots more in store. But anyways, guys, it's going to be it for me. It's going to be it from Dylan. Uh, go check out my boy, uh, and I have a lot. I have a lot of shoutouts, I guess. But yeah, uh, you guys can go email us at domovexpodcast at, at gmail dot com if you guys have any questions, any concerns, um, whatever it may be. Uh, go check fan out fan mail, board. hate mail. Send it all our way. We want to hear from you. DMs are open. Uh, go go check out my uh, my boy Maroof, who does designs at Maroof ninety nine designs. Uh, there's a lot more in store uh, from from me, from us, from literally everybody on the team. Uh, that's, that, I think that's all I have to say. Anyways, guys, uh, you be you. Uh, please stay safe. Please take care. Get vaccinated. Get 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 safe. Um, the, we're, we're, I I'm I can't wait to see what's more in store. And you be you.